Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, it is time again for the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I am your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here, as usual, with my wonderful co-host, the Lotus of Doom, Lotus... It's it's ESO time again, my friend. It is. It is. It is time for some scary stuff. Some scary things. Well, that, that's that what, is what scary. the music implied. Let's, but yeah. at the same time, I, I, I wouldn't really consider Kinnereth to be the most frightening of the things. No, no, no. Kinnereth, Kinnereth is not particularly scary. Kinnereth, Kinnereth no. is, is nice and, and friendly and stuff. But I, I've i been playing on PC because PC gets it first. I've been playing. You sure do. I've been Continue playing. Continue beta testing for me. I've been, I've been beta testing the, I appreciate the new you. content. And the whole time, I've, I'm, I don't know, I'm probably, mm, I don't know, two hours into the newest stuff. Um, yep. I'm, I'm just kind of taking my time looking around at, at things, you know, checking out the city like Leowin looks really good. Uh, noticing okay, little nice. details about stuff like there's some board game that everybody has in their house. I don't know what that is, but I want to know. I want to know what that is. I'm just you know, paying attention to all the little notes, all the little, little details. And the whole time I'm playing, I'm thinking back to that time that we had Rich on the show. Remember? And I was like, like an idiot. I was like, Rich. We should we should get more Dark Brotherhood stuff, <laughs> and Dark Brotherhood stuff shows up. Spoilers, yep. but I mean, it, it showed up a little, a little bit, a little bit in the like the preview stuff, right? But Spo- spoilers: the Dark Brotherhood still exists. The Dark Brotherhood <laughs> still exists, and they and they kill people, and that's a thing. Um, but there's a lot more to it, and um, uh, I, man, I'm deep into the story, and I'm like, oh, I think I know what's happening, but I don't know for sure, and. It's good. It's good so far. I've been having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that I'm not that far in, but I'm having a great time. But I just had to start out the episode with that. I'm sorry. uh, You sound completely bummed that you haven't soon. You haven't gotten it till Tuesday. Yeah, it'll be soon. It'll be soon. But don't worry. It'll be awesome. Uh, But we are diving into the next of our wonderful divines, the wonderful Kinnereth, who you know, I had fun researching this one. Kinnereth um, shows up under a lot of different names, and the name itself is not overtly feminine, which I think is interesting. Um, although she tends to go by, you know, the guise of a goddess, which is yep. cool. But let's let's just dive into it. So, like usual, I pulled a lot of the notes from the UESP as the uh, the main source, but of course, you know, have looked at some other things as well. But they do a good job wrapping this stuff up for us to discuss. And it says here that Kinnereth is the goddess of the heavens, the winds, the elements, and the unseen spirits of the air. She is a member of the eight slash nine divines, depending on when you live, and patron of sailors and travelers. 
Kinnereth is often invoked for auspicious stars at birth and for good fortune in daily life. In some legends, she is the first to agree to Lorcan's divine plan to create the mortal plane and provides the space in the void for its creation. She has kind of this interesting connection with Lorcan, which, of course, is uh, notable, you know, um, but we'll, yeah, we'll go sure. into that a little bit more as we go on. Uh, furthermore, she is associated with rain, and I like this, a phenomenon that is said not to have occurred before the removal of Lorcan's divine spark. So it's almost as if she weeps for him, and that's the rain. I really like that symbology. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a very... Um, I don't even know how you explain that. It's just a very, very good visual representation of something. Like, it, that's... With how kind of devoid but also involves some of the the adrian daedra tend to be just like with their symbolism and everything like that having her tears be the rain is just like eh, that's a that's a pretty cool but also pretty peaceful idea behind that yeah and this happens in other uh, you know like real world lore like and that's yeah, the reason sure. why we get snow in the winter you know like there's right. there's always some sort of like story reason for it um which chances are is same kind of thing here. It's probably not actually her tears, but it's interesting to think of that, yeah. you know, being that she is the goddess of the heavens, the winds, the elements, spirits of the air. Like, it, it makes sense, you know, like the rain comes from the sky. So, yeah, it, it's more symbolic than she's actually just up there crying on us in game. Right. Which <laughs> probably at least which would be weird. <laughs> yeah, it would be a little strange. She's just up there <laughs> weeping anytime. It, if, you, if, if you're ever in Glenumber and ESO, she's just always there crying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she's it never stops raining in that zone for some reason. Yeah, she's just more in one place than everywhere else for, for some reason. So yep. the, the section of mythology is pretty short. It says Kinnereth is the mother of the demigod Morehouse, who we've talked about a little bit. She is also suspected to have communicated with St. Alessia through visions of Pelinal's imminent arrival. Pelinal Whitestrake. So this is this goes back to the Alessian uh, revolt. And yeah, so way back, way back to you know, the the Manish races fighting against the aliens and and finding their freedom and creating an empire in the long run. Um, yep. And then this is interesting. The throat of the world is described as being Kinnereth's sacred mountain by the graybeards. And again, that makes sense. You have a goddess of the sky and the heavens. So the throat of the world being the tallest mountain in the world would be something that reaches up into her domain. So you would feel closer to her being up on the mountain. So the Greybeards, Greybeards fans, fans of the Kinnereth. Now, some other details here. We've got um, we've got a number of different names she goes by. And this is one of those things that I, I've mentioned this on the show many times. I am not the lore master. I am somebody who is studying these things and coming across it just like anyone else. And why did I not put this together before? According to the followers of the divines, the sky goddess Kine, worshipped by the Nords, Kine, Kinnereth, they're the same. What is wrong with me? It's oh, like that. the beginning of the word. And I didn't, yeah. like, it never. I never oh, stopped really? and thought, like, Kinnereth oh, this is... and Kine are the, like, that's the analogous, analogous name for the, the Nordic people. Yet hers is always the easiest for me to remember right. because it's basically just 
less of the name yeah yeah like <laughs> akatosh alkosh like a, a lot of, a lot of these i was just like oh yeah this is these are the obviously these are the same ones these are the same ones but for some reason i just never thought about kinnereth as being like oh that's kind so yeah well there you go everybody i'm i'm a genius um so worshiped by the nords as the strongest of the sky spirits i like this i like this point strongest of the sky spirits there are more than one but she's the primary one, which is interesting. And the widow of Shore, so Shore being um, Lorcan, which is why she would cry for him, right? Is the Nordic Nordic aspect of Kinnereth. Rain is said to be Kind's tears as she mourns the loss of her beloved Shore, since Rain is believed not to have appeared until after his divine spark was forcibly removed. It is said Kind gifted men with the Thum so they could harness the language of the dragons and use its power to save themselves from the wrath of Alduin and the dragons. So, okay, pause here, pause here. Kine, Kinnereth, and Lorcan married together, right? She was the first to be convinced to build the mortal plane, to like devote her own power and being into the creation of, of a world among these divines but then you have akatosh who creates the dragons and the dragons are in in ways aspects of him bringing about the things that will eventually just happen in the world right they, they're kind of just right. bring about everything and she stands against them by using the thune, by giving men the gift of the dragon voice, taking it basically from them and repurposing it in men so that men can stand against the dragons. What does she have against Akatosh? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I mean, it it's strange because there's just, a, I, I don't know, there's a peculiar amount of things that you can, I guess, depending upon how deep you want to look into it, it seems like they would have a bit more of a synergistic relationship than they seem to. Mm -hmm. Because when you think of it, I mean, dragons are known for also being aerial. I mean, this is like a physical version of what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like they, they fly, birds fly, blah, blah, blah. And it's like you associate a lot of that with wind and, you know, the sky. And it's like, that's kind of her. And it's like, nope, they don't work together. It's not like a thing of harmony. It's mm -hmm. it's they almost have like a they're, they're pushing against each other as opposed to working together, which is interesting. I guess birds push against air to go up. So we <laughs> could really stretch that in all different directions. But that's <laughs> not kind of the point is uh, <laughs> it's weird. I think it's kind of interesting here. It's it's as if uh, Kinnereth and Lorcan were associated that they, they both were acting together and of were of one mind if not very similar minds about the creation of existence and um akatosh created time but is also the end of time as well so right it's as if she doesn't want that to occur she wants to maintain yeah. existence and Lorcan's no longer here to try to convince the the divines to maintain the existence of the world. So it's almost like she's taking over that role in a yeah, way. I, I, I guess that's kind of she, she could almost be that opposing force, so to speak, instead of the normal flow of things, whereas Lorcan kind of tricked things into changing. She's ironically 
<laughs> in her way of keeping something the same, she's breaking another cycle and changing that. So it's it's kind of weird that by maintaining a you know a pattern of similarity, you're actually breaking the flow of change which had become normal. So it, it's it's weird that she's almost doing the opposing thing to actually do the same thing. It's 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 just a weird <laughs> yeah, little it way. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 strange how that kind of works out right um it also it, if i was a uh, a manish race in tamriel i would most likely worship kinnereth over akatosh because kinnereth is all about at least according to this and some of the other things we know about the sustenance and the the ongoing existence of the world whereas akatosh is eventually going to finish the kalpa he's he's going to wrap things up end it all and potentially begin another kalpa if that's even really a thing which we seem like it might be um but there's there's a lot there's a lot here to unpack it seems like the kind of thing that i don't know everybody should be worshiping her if you want existence to continue you know like yeah if you don't if you plan on sticking around and don't i i, I mean i guess if you don't adhere to the it's seemingly Thalmor style of things where it's like, no, we all need to become just amorphous puffs of <laughs> magic energy where we get to be divine, like the old times, which sounds really boring, but like it, sans that and you actually want to be in the current Kalpa slash world that people are living in, mm -hmm. you, you'd think you'd actually lean more into uh, praying to Kinnereth because she'd prevent theoretically the end of this cycle kalpa however you want to break time up it's like she she's theoretically extending that if if things go her way yeah yeah and she has some other roles too in some other cultures and and we're definitely going to get to that um as well but it, it, this is just I, I would love to hear people's thoughts on this because there are a lot of these aspects about especially the adra that we don't really ever get to suss out because well, you and I have talked about this before. In the games, we interact with the Daedric Princes way more than we ever interact directly right. with the Aedric powers. So it's also interesting to me that in the Temples for the Divines, you have all of these different gods, even though they may be opposed to each other in certain aspects. I guess that would be similar to worshipping a like the Pantheon of Greek gods. Because the Greek yeah. gods don't always agree. You know, they're they're often sabotaging each other's attempts at things um and you can and, worship one or all of them if you wanted to but right they don't live there's harmoniously also, sure and there's also in that same vein um gods when they're referred to or deities it, they have their limitations it's not just this omnipotent being that has no limitations each of these divines and or data princes they have limitations they can't just do whatever they want all the time they're super powerful but it's it's not just like yep just gonna do whatever i want all you know whenever i want to it's like mm, with it within your realm of power you can do that but beyond that it's like other gods can work together to prevent things and it's it's they're all fallible in a way yeah yeah 
So I, I anyway, I find this stuff particularly interesting. Um, so let's get through some of the other connections that she has to some of these other races and cultures. Uh, the Kajidi in, oh, I'm sorry, Kinnereth, uh, before we do that, Kinnereth has a temple in the city of Whiterun, which many of us have visited. Uh, one of the deities of this temple, or duties of this temple, is to tend the Gilder Green, which is considered sacred to Kinnereth's followers. So it, it makes mm -hmm. sense that she would be worshipped by the Nords, because she gave them the Thum. So that makes sense. The Kajidi interpretation of Kinnereth is the goddess of the winds. Kinnarthi... Kinarthi is the word they use for Kinnereth, which totally makes mm -hmm. sense. And good old dumb me didn't put that together until I was doing the research <laughs> on this. Kinarthi's roost, like there are places that are named after that. Yep. Um, Kinarthi acts as a psychopomp for faithful Khajiits. So when the Khajiit die, they are go into quote unquote the heavens, and she escorts them to the afterlife. So she basically fulfills that role for their culture and that that role is actually fulfilled by different deities in different cultures theoretically right. but for them it's it's kinnereth or kinarthi which is cool yep um kinnereth is often associated with zenithar and there's a connection here so she not only has a connection with uh lorcon but she has to, also has a connection with zenithar craftsmen use natural materials to create and so one cannot revere zenithar without acknowledging the power of kinnereth zenithar is like the craftsman deity which is pretty easy to to remember um canna yep. feathers can be offered to kinnereth at her shrines this is a a bird that looks very it's got green and yellowy colored feathers in return, the one making the offering will tempor temporarily transform into a canna, which is a bird. The island of Betany is considered holy land of Kinnereth. This was a factor for Daggerfall's involvement in the War of Betany. It was also the reason why the conflict escalated to the Battle of, um, I'm going to mess this up, Kreingain? Is that the way you pronounce that? Beautiful. Field. That's, I got nothing. Kreingain <laughs> Field, which ended the war. Kinnereth is the patron deity of Alcair, Daggerfall, and the Rothgarian Mountains. So th those are her other roles among those cultures. Now, with the Red Guard, of course, the Red Guard culture is descended from the... Um, uh, ah, I lost the words. I was doing so well. I didn't, yeah, the Yakutan. I was doing so well. Before, it's, before it's, I, I was going to I was going to always play happens. out until you needed me. <laughs> yeah, it always it always happens. And so, of course, the Yakutans have different deities. And so the association here is actually pretty clear, whereas a lot of times there isn't an, an analogous one or, or the analogy is pretty rough. So among the Red Guards, there's Tava, who is also known as the Lady of the Air. So very strong correlation there. And yeah, she it's is an easy connection to make. <laughs> easy connection, right. She is the spirit of the air and the goddess of weather in the Red Guard pantheon and has dominion over all elements of sun and storm, save only for the stars, which belong to Ruptga. Tava is most famous for leading the Yakutans to the Isle of Hearn after the destruction of their homeland. So again, played a role of it wasn't like a psychopomp in in the sense that you're leading somebody into the afterlife but a form of salvation which is similar you can use that word for people seeking refuge right she she, she was basically a psychopomp for their salvation to a new land which is interesting uh, 
she has since become associated or assimilated into the mythology of Kinnereth. She is still very popular in Hammerfell among sailors, which makes sense for the winds and the weather, sure. right? Like if you if you're going to be sailing across the ocean, you're going to want to make sure that you're worshiping the right God who's going to make sure that you don't, you know, drown or the winds die and you don't go anywhere and starve to death. Yeah, you just you'll get left out at sea until the Maormer finds you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or the slowed? Do the slowed oh, slither gross. through the water? <laughs> yeah, or the, do the they slowed do very slowly very find slowly, you. slowly, just kind of through the, yeah. I don't know how that works. Um, so she's still very popular in Ham- Hammerfall among the sailors, and her shrines can be found in most cities, uh, port cities. In the mid-second era, the city of Lainil was called Tava's Blessing before being renamed after the Lainlin family. And then the red-tailed hawk is considered sacred to Tava, as is the Goshark? Goshawk. Goshawk, I think is how you pronounce that. Goshawk, yeah, I guess it's a Goshawk. I don't really know how you'd pronounce that. That's a weird word. Mm -hmm. And this part is interesting, too, to me. Um, Harpies are seen as abominations by her faithful. So this... Mm -hmm. Idea. that's weird to me yeah that i did not i didn't know that prior to any of this but that i i wouldn't have assumed something like that just because harpies i mean i don't know deep harpy lore but like <laughs> it seems like harpies would almost be more in tune with something like kinnereth as opposed to abominations unless there's more to their creation that i need to look up so yeah, Goshawk, uh, Wayward, Wayward World. Oh, Hawk. that that's yeah, that flows better. That makes more I sense. I like Goshawk. Yeah, that that would make sense. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll have to look up harpies now. We always end up with some right. sort of question that we need to dig more I into know. by the time we're actually we, doing the episode. That's the thing about these is when you're learning all this lore, you end up rabbit holing down all these other paths where it's like, well, what, why this or why this, and then you, mm-hmm. you end up five hours later it's just open windows all over your computer and it's like what have right. i done right. i don't, I don't right. know what's happening yeah at some point you can't just keep doing that because then you can't actually record an episode you'll just be you know stuck in windows um yeah. but <laughs> I, my guess would be that harpies are a form of like an, an abomination like they are a mixed uh, a mix between yeah. a you know a manish or elvish person yeah there's got to be more to their creation or existence that's not natural so like okay well you're not like a bird you're this weird half bird thing right right it's it's like they were cursed into this like uh, i don't know abominable form that never should have existed or something like that right and so that therefore that it goes against canarthi's you know, use of the sky or something like that. Um, but anyway, that that's the the basis for her connections to the different cultures and things. And we're going to do the mid break, but we're going to be back to talk about some of the items and artifacts that are connected to her specifically. So uh, stay tuned for that. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire and every one a sign. Patrons, you guys are freaking amazing. I'm pulling it up right now. There are 48 of you who helps support this show. That is, that is in- insane. This is amazing guys. And thank you, especially to noodle al dente, our tier five patron currently who supports us and has been supporting us for a, for a while now. Thank you so much noodle. And you know what? We've got some new members that I need to say thank you to that have signed up in uh, the last month. I'm pulling them up right now. So here let's, uh, let's say thanks to birch games, Adam, S 
and uh, Daniel M. These are our new members in May. So thank you for, for signing on to support the show. You guys are amazing. All of you guys are amazing. Thank you for being here. And if you are interested in getting ad free versions of the show or, you know, the episode a day early or joining us on a future episode to chat, any of that kind of stuff, then check out patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast in order to see all the different tiers. And I, I got some questions about this recently. Somebody was like, you know, I've, I've thought about signing up on the Patreon, but I didn't know how easy it was to set up payment and stuff like do, does it take credit card and that kind of thing? And yeah, it's absolutely it takes credit card. You can use PayPal. You can basically set it up however you want. You can sign up for one month if you just want to do one month and just join us on an episode. Let's say you want to be tier four to join us for one month and help support the show for just a little while. And then you can cancel it, you know, at any point during that month. So it doesn't, you know, renew the next month or whatever. And you, that's basically how it goes. Sea uh, Chaser, you should still be tier five. Let me look. I didn't see you come up as tier five. Current tier is uh nope i don't see you in here you know a new month started so double check that the uh, the billing has gone through that's probably what you need to do and then it'll it'll confirm it so just double check it but thank you I, i'd love for to have you join us again next month all right so thanks everyone for your support let's move on with the rest of the show Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. Lotus, I know you're a big fan of all the different fun items and things that you can get in the games, especially when you're trying to kit out your character for like yep. dungeons and stuff. Um, does anything come to mind when you think of Kinnereth specifically? Well, um, so it's kind of funny. Yes, um, but not for the reason that I guess you would There's usually think. something. There's usually something. Like, usually, I know you well okay. enough at this point, and you're like, this yeah. is what I always think about when I think about this divine or whatever. It, it is, and it's it's um, the Lord's Mail, um, which is one of her artifacts. Um, and unfortunately, the reason I specifically think slash remember this artifact is because it. I always get it in games, uh, after it is basically useless <laughs> which is not a selling point unfortunately to kinnereth um but very specifically the most recent example i can give of it is um it's a legendary artifact that you can get in elder scrolls blades the phone game mm -hmm. and i had literally just finished crafting myself enchanted dragon bone armor so oh, i was like no dressed to the nines good to go i opened my like 
treasure chests that I get and I pull a Lord's Mail and I was like, oh, no way, this is awesome. And I equip it and it, it just butchers all my stats because it's just like, this is way worse than what you just built. And it's like, oh my God, every time with the Lord's Mail. So I don't know what the deal is. I always get the Lord's Mail directly after I don't need the Lord's Mail. <laughs> That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Yeah, which is too bad because it's kind of a neat artifact. Like, it should make me happy and not sad, but that's <laughs> never how it works out. Yeah, it looks really cool, too. It's like a it black. It does look very cool. It's like a black cuirass, and, um, you know, it's got, like, these little shoulders that kind of come out from the sides, yep. and it has these, like, pleated, um, the parts that go, like, over your hips, like, the top of your lower, like, underneath your belt. Like this pleated, yes, uh, almost, almost like what you would see in something like a samurai armor. Yeah, like the little pleating that comes down, yep. but it's all like black and, and like a dark red, like a burgundy color. Like those, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's very yeah, very well. It's it's darker than the ebon ebon heart packed colors, but uh, actually, ironically, it's kind of very similar to the robots radio colors. I that I like those colors. I like see? I like reds and blacks. I think yeah, I, I use those a lot in things. Uh, I, yeah, when I go. dress up my characters, I often well, usually my sneaky Khajiit, I will dress in like a very dark like crimson or black with like crimson highlights in and when I color out the outfits and things. So. Yeah, I, I think that, that that looks really cool, especially when you're being like a sneaky assassin, you know, like those are the colors that and then you, if you get blood on your outfit, you, you can't tell. Yeah, it's already... it just it's it's part of the motif, right? Yeah, it just adds to the decoration. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. that's so dark. So <laughs> the, uh, the Lord's Mail is also called the Armor of Moray House or the Gift of Kinnereth, which would make sense. And it's an artifact given to mortals by Kinnereth, one of the eight divines. It is an ancient plated mithril or ebony cuirass of unsurpassed quality, considered to be heavy armor. It grants unsurpassed quality, except for when you're Lotus of Doom and you've just crafted it, dragon armor. And you armor. build something better and get real sad when you finally get it. <laughs> yep. It grants the wearer the power to absorb or regenerate health, resist the effects of spells, and resist or even cure poison. It is said that Whenever Quin Kinnereth designs or die, I'm sorry, de deans the wearer unworthy, the Lord's mail will be taken away and hidden for the next chosen one. The mail was originally owned during the Merithic era by the Bull Mori House, a demigod and early cultural hero of the Syro Nordics, who was closely associated with Kinnereth, associated with Kinnereth and the Lord. <laughs> Just, wait, hold on. Why didn't I notice this before? The what does this mean? The Lord, I I don't know. I've never actually oh, no. seen oh, that. The, just, uh, the the Lord's uh, constellation. The constellation. Like, yeah, I was gonna say they mean the Lord constellation. Yeah. Correct. Like, I was like, because it's capitalized. It, I was like, associated I, with what? Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> no, the Lord constellation. The Lord that's, constellation. Yeah. That's that is what it is. Because I was clicking on that. I was like, why is this capitalized? But yeah, it it is the constellation. Yeah. I didn't I didn't stop and think about that before. Um, the Quiras <laughs> was rumored to have later been taken from Mori House by Kinrith herself due to his arrogance. The cuirass is sacred to the Imperial Legion and the Imperial cult and is accepted as uniform in the Legion, which is kind of cool. Like you put that on and they're like, oh, you're one of us. Right. Um, you're good enough. Good enough. Indeed, the armor has been known to bear the red dragon sigil of the Third Empire on its breastplate. So she decorates it out like it's the Legion, which makes sense because she helped with the Alessian Rebellion, which started 
the Manish empires. Like she, yep. the more you dig into this stuff, the more she is very much for the Manish races and the sustaining of existence and not, not moving the elves into divinehood, Yet, not ending the Kelpa. Really kind of support the current concept of eras that exist the Manish eras. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a fan of, of us men, of us men, of us manly men, men in tights, tight tights. Um, it's <laughs> a great movie. That's a great movie. All right. So there's two other artifacts here. We've got the boots of the crusader, which have very pointy toes. Um, the they boots certainly of, do. <laughs> the boots of the Crusader, also known as the boots of Kinnereth, were created by Kinnereth. The wearer will not be attacked by creatures of the forest. Sir Junkin of the original knights died while searching for the boots. The pilgrim visited the shrine of Kinnereth and was told the location of the Grove of Trials by the high priestess, later to become Sir Avida Vesnia. Kinnereth tested the pilgrim by sending the forest guardian, a giant bear, to attack them. When the pilgrim didn't fight back, having reference for uh, reverence for nature, Kinnereth allowed them entrance to the grotto where the boots were hidden. The boots were needed to retrieve the mace of the crusader. With them, the wearer's faith is strengthened and they can cross the void of doubt. This sounds like somebody's Dungeons and Dragons adventure that went on too long. <laughs> And they just started like adding more and more and more and more stuff. Doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I can kind of see it where it's just like we're reaching a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, all of these events are part of the Knights of the Nine expansion for Oblivion. And right. these are some of the things that you do in that adventure and uh, can can acquire through that. So, man, I need to go back and play that. It's been a long time. It's been a I long time being a very good expansion, but I also have not played that in ages. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't have any understanding about any of this stuff at the time I played through it and probably was oh. like, I don't know what's happening. I just got cool boots. Because that's how that goes. The yeah. final item is the Ring of the Wind. The Ring of the Wind is a legendary treasure of elsewhere sacred to Kinnereth. It was owned by the nimble acrobat Kisimba Spring Snow, who was said to always land on her feet, except when she chose to land on the feet of others. <laughs> oh man, this is a cool looking ring. It's it's uh kind of shiny. I think it's very pixelated. Well, very not pixelated. That's not the word I meant. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, well, it's very blocky because it's yeah. more wind. Mm hmm. But it looks like it's designed in a way where like the whole ring is made out of crystal, like a bluish and whitish yeah. crystal. And it's yep. as if the ring itself was carved from the crystal, like it's completely designed. Like it looks almost like it's got a tower shield attached to the front of the ring itself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of weird. But yeah, pretty cool stuff. Um, that's all the uh, the artifacts we have for Kinnereth. But uh, Kinnereth, so another interesting divine. Yes, and um, since I actually grabbed it during the break, and I, I've been trying to remember to grab them each episode, um, this is going to be a little more visual, but again, we'll do what we can to describe it for the audio listeners. Uh, Kinnereth or Kynes, um oh my god, her statue mm -hmm. is, it's, it's basically a pair of wings kind of folded in toward the middle as if the wings were kind of making a nest for 
the creature itself and then there's a blue crystal in the middle of it is what the um shrine itself looks like or if you look at it from the back it looks like soft serve ice cream so <laughs> you know yeah. i never i never considered that as wings it always kind of looked like oh, a really? shell to me yeah but you're oh, right yeah i guess it could yeah i was gonna say i sense. always assumed that it was like the wings of her closing in around whatever the creature is because it's an undefined creature but yeah it's right. forming a shell basically out of the wings yep right here i'm gonna i'm pull up an image uh, for you guys on the stream so you can see it but this is this is interesting yeah i i never visualized it because it is such an odd shape it, it is it's it's I, I, like the soft serve ice cream thing when you see it from the other side it's less of a joke more of that's actually sort of kind of what it looks like it's weird mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah i always saw it as like maybe uh shaped kind of like a shell because it's got that like kind of bulbous and yep. coming to a point kind of thing going. yeah for sure but uh yeah it's definitely not a shell though and if you look at the bottom yeah. of it, the way the, the detail kind of curls around. They like curl in. I always assumed that those were just like the wings that are yeah. kind of scooping in on it. It might be, you know, uh, Kinnereth protecting humanity from actually being destroyed. Maybe that's what that's all yeah. about. Who knows? Who knows? So cool stuff. Cool stuff. Um, but that's all that's all I got for Kinnereth. I feel like I feel like this was a quick episode. Um well, one other thing, just because I'm much more into the, hey, here's a random thing related to this topic that we're talking about that I yeah, want to it. just kind of recommend to people. Um, so what we had mentioned earlier with her artifacts specifically being kind of focused around Oblivion with the Knights of the Nine and stuff. Um, one other thing, it is another Oblivion reference for you. Um, for anybody who likes the music to these games, there is uh, one track called the wings of kinnereth it's that's literally the name of the track it's off the elder scrolls for oblivion um what soundtrack um it is a very well-known song you probably have heard it more than you actually realize and uh strong recommendation to give it a listen if you have access to it it is very pretty so it's uh it's one of the few that's got like a direct name like it, it's the song titles are very lore centric a lot of times themselves so this one just happened to tie in directly since it's the wings of kinnereth it doesn't mm -hmm. really get much more direct connection than that so yeah yeah that sounds cool i'll have to check that out yes it's a very it's a very good track um and just for the sake of making a brief reference to it because it was something else i was looking up because i don't want to leave it completely undone we're not going to go super into this um we had mentioned like maybe there's some reason why she's opposed to harpies and thinks they're an abomination they seem to have a potential tie-in to nocturnal and mm. which again you're dealing with daedra so that would kind of if true that could be why she, they're viewed as an abomination also it seems like there's some inbreeding things related to harpies so that's probably not good um, <laughs> yeah probably not <laughs> more abomination stuff so those are just a couple reference points without going into a lore side tangent on harpies just a couple quick little to-dos about like potential reasons that she's not so great with the harpy thing mm -hmm. i want to know more about her connection with Lorcon because yes it it seems like there's potential there depending on the situation mm -hmm. yeah i i think I mean, you have the heart of Lorcan 
and the the finding of it and the disappearance of the Dwemer and the power that's inherent in it and all of these things. And you have the connection to the creation of the world, you know, led by Lorcan. And then you have uh, the towers breaking. I'm just this is one of those things that I want to know where the series is going because it seems like everything's moving in this direction of trying this, the tension between trying to end the Kelpa and trying to maintain it and keep it going. Right. And that is becoming more and more fragile as things move forward. So the, uh, the coming of Molag ball in oblivion was in some ways an attempt at that sort of, Oh, you mean, uh, Dagon or Dagon, Dagon in oblivion, Molag ball in ESO, Dagon in oblivion. Um, then you have the events of Skyrim and the dragons returning, which were ushering in basically the end times. And then that gets stalled. And then you have the, the goals of the Thalmor who are trying to mantle the gods and basically become gods and end the, they, they don't want existence. It seems to keep going because they want to become gods in order to Lord over existence. Um, because they believe that they, you know, descended from gods and deserve to be back there. Um, sure. but that stands in direct opposition to people like Kinnereth. Like if, right, if right. the Thalmor are coming into more power in something like TES six, then it would make sense that Kinnereth would take a more active stance against them and that we might see something having to do with that. Just yeah. Yeah. It's going, f- it, it, it'll be interesting when we finally progress more concretely in the storyline as well, because so far we've had sidling alongside things in, in the story since Skyrim. And we've obviously had information filled in, in the past, but we haven't progressed really much more solidly into the future with a couple weird references from elder scrolls legends the card game but for the most part it's it's like pretty much that's our end point right now and we don't understand what exactly are the ramifications of what happened in skyrim and for that matter what happened in skyrim because with this series there's a lot of weird breaks that can happen and that you know they're dealing with elder scrolls and all these things it's like it it's hard to tell like what what happened you know what's canon what what is considered what actually happened at the end of skyrim so yeah we won't know who knows right yeah who who knows it's like theoretically the emperor could be dead or alive right Right. And on how you handle the dark brotherhood. Sea chaser points out in chat says uh, she removed the dwarves. And I don't know if you're joking or not, but that got me thinking, like, was she protecting the heart of Lorcan from being misused? And the dwarves being myrrh were maybe trying to use technology and the power of the heart to mantle the gods. Right. So that's an interesting idea. Using the power of the heart and protecting it uh to keep the dwarves away and maybe got rid of them but it also makes sense that she would have enabled somebody like talos a man to power the numidium just run amok with the numidium right right (laughs) because because that forwards the manish race's agenda to to maintain existence and to keep things going 
And yeah, he says, yeah, not joke. Well, a, you might be onto something, Sea Chaser. That, yeah, that, that could very well be a thing. That definitely seems like it could have potential. That's kind of an interesting theory that I had never really heard or thought of. Right. So what if what if we instead of getting uh, Dwemer mantling into godhood, we ended up with Talos mantling into godhood through the, I don't know, Kinnereth's you know, sticking her hand in there and, and doing something about it. Um, but then again, Sea Chaser, you don't believe that any of the divines are actually exist. So well, <laughs> yeah, oh my God, this, is you. this is a paradox in and of itself. It's a paradox for you, Sea Chaser. <laughs> you just, <laughs> you just denied them and tried to just prove their existence beyond what they normally do, which is just kind of futz around and not do much. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, maybe they were way more influential. Well, at least kind was way more influ- influential than we even realized. Who knows? <laughs> and, and well, get this. The, then you have the connection with the throat of the world and the graybeards and the thum. Oh, yeah. Right. So I like this. I, I don't know. I, this seems like a pretty creative. I, I like this speculator this one seems kind of neat it's it's different from what i've heard so that's why i like this yeah wayward says uh the kinnereth versus the kelpic cycle thing sheds an interesting new light on tava's role as sort of a patron of the forebears given that the traditional uh i.e crown yakudan religion is like the only human one that holds that the cycle is a good thing Mm. oh yeah Mm. hmm Oh, there's a lot to there's a lot to chew on. This is what's fun about doing these episodes is that I always end up with a little bit slightly different perspective on something than I'd considered well, before. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Some fascinating uh, new takes on stuff that uh, I certainly had not considered from. Yeah. What I had known of Kinnereth Kine, any one of the names you'd like to use. <laughs> Kinnereth Kine Kinarthi Tava. Yeah. Kinnereth, Kinnereth Kine Kinarthi. We should just push them all together. They're just being one, yeah, just one big, one like a big German word. run on name. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I, we put all our, all our heads together and maybe we'll come up with something that really makes a lot of sense. Um, but please feel free to jump into the discord and drop some thoughts on this stuff. I would love to hear more about what you guys think about this. And if, if you think that this has some legs or maybe we'll get a little bit more of info around this in the future with, yeah, or if you have a counter to it where it's like, well, I yeah. don't think this because of this, like throw them out there. These are, I, I like hearing different theories if you got them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on this stuff. It's really cool. Um, and Zuni in chat says, is there a cutoff date you have to upgrade to tier four or higher to be part of the patron show for that month? As long as you do it before the show, that's, that's the end date. You got to make sure that you sign up before we do the show. This show is the patron episode is always the last Thursday of the month. So as long as you do it before that date and um, make sure that you connect to the discords because that's where uh, you connect your Patreon to the discord. You'll get your role, which allows you into the patron only channels. And then you can, you can be part of the chat as well. So yeah, I would love, we'd love to have you Zuni. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. So it, I try to make it as flexible as possible for everybody. I, I want to, you know, I understand sometimes things get a little bit different with people's schedules and you know, when they get, when they have money to spend on things and all that stuff. So as long as you get in there right before it, you're good. Uh, all right. Well guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, Lotus, what else do you have going on? How's, how's tails doing you guys? Um, I'm sure you're going to be covering some really cool stuff pretty soon. 
Uh, yeah, so actually we're going to be recording tomorrow just because of scheduling stuff. Um, and we'll be doing our kind of deep dive uh, into the new chapter and me being sad that I'm not currently playing the new chapter. But Hyperpixie Gaming and Arc have definitely been really enjoying it. Um, Hyperpixie actually is... Uh, I wish I knew her schedule off the top of my head, but she is being officially, as part of a stream team member, she'll be on the uh, big Bethesda stream thing that they've been doing all week long, yeah. promoting the new um, thing. So if you don't follow Hyperpixie Gaming or uh, Arcaneer on Arcaneer's Quest, definitely recommend it because I've given out a couple copies of the game and I know they also have more copies of Blackwood to give out uh, to people in stream. Um, so if that's something you have interest in partaking in, you know, stop by, say hi. Uh, they're running them off and on throughout the event. They've been uh, given, you know, lots of good stuff from um, Cinemax to promote the new chapter. But we'll be recording the podcast tomorrow and talking about all that goodness. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I was going to say just I don't really have anything super exciting on my end. Hopefully I can stream this weekend, but we'll see. The weather's supposed to be nice. I'll probably get burnt outside. Um, don't do so it. We'll see how that goes. Don't do it. Stay inside. Uh, it's better inside. Uh, it's better. Oh, you, you get Elder Scrolls inside. You don't get that outside. That's, that is valid. That is, that is it's a valid counterpoint. Yes. And but also yeah, less you, cancer. Uh, <laughs> that I am a big fan of. <laughs> <laughs> big selling point on that bit um, yeah i mean the sun's yeah, good so, but for very short it, periods of time <laughs> yeah that's that's just it and yeah it's i say it's a tough balance it's a tough but balance. um what do you call it yeah so i mean if you ever need to get a hold of me um if you have an interest in checking out my streams uh i'm over at lotus of doom or uh, i'm on twitter at lotus of doom it's nice and easy to find me if you need me yeah awesome awesome yeah i've been playing on stream again i've i reset up a lot of my overlays and stuff for my game stream stuff, not for this overlay, it's the same as it's been, but for the other ones, um, created some more channel points, fun, all sorts of fun stuff. You guys should check those out. Most of them, most of the new ones only work during gameplay stuff. They don't work during podcasts because it has to connect to that overlay, but a lot of auto things that happen if you, if you use some of those. So those are fun. I've been playing some, I played some ESO this morning on stream and that was cool. And I will definitely be doing some more game stuff uh, coming up. It's summer now. And I think my uh, uh, game play times are going to change again. Uh, for a while there, we were doing like three, three thirty in the afternoons and Kirby Chew, my son and I were getting on and playing games, but it's summer for him. So he doesn't have class during the day. So maybe we'll play earlier or maybe I'll end up working and being a dad and then i'll have to play in the evenings i'm not sure exactly what my schedule is going to work out to but i hope to do more online i hope to also stream more during the day while i'm working on things and i'm thinking about putting up some new shirts either on the store or as rewards for patrons and i want to know what you guys think because if like for example if we were to set up shirts on the patreon for say it let's say somebody subscribes as a tier four and or let, let's do let's do tier let's tier three so you sign up for ten dollars a month and after being a patron for three months every three months you get a shirt and it just mails you a new shirt and you get cool looking shirts with like you know some of the topics or maybe we have like a symbol for each of the divines with you know, elder scrolls lorecast on it or something like that you know 
and you can collect a series of shirts by by subscribing. And if you were, say, a tier five uh, subscriber, then you would get a shirt every month instead of having to wait every three months or something like that. Would that be the kind of thing that you guys would want? And would it be the kind of thing that would motivate you to sign up if you haven't signed up before? Do you want cool looking shirts? I think it would be neat, but I have to I have to find out if it's something you guys you you want because it takes time to do all the design work to set it up, and then um, because the cost of the shirts comes out of the money from the Patreon, it has to be something that's actually bin- uh, beneficial financially. Otherwise, I'll end up just losing money by paying more for shirts. Does that make sense? So. Uh, please comment on the discord and tag me and let me know what you think about that, especially if you are somebody who would consider upping your pledge or signing up because you haven't signed up before. If you want cool Elder Scrolls Lorecast shirts, please let me know. Um, so that's something I'm playing with. And uh, otherwise, you can check out all the other shows at robotsradio.net. The Mass Effect Lorecast has been doing amazing. Lots of people are tuning into that. That show is growing. It's almost as big as this show is in number of people who listen every month. It's like crazy. It's growing so fast. So if you're into Mass Effect, go check that out. We've got a bunch of other shows on the network. And we also have uh, room for more Rocket Club members if you guys want to sign up on the Robots Radio Rocket Club and launch your own podcast. So. All sorts of fun stuff for you guys. Check out robotsradio.net. All right, Lotus, this has been fun as usual. I yeah, look forward to watching you always. suffer again in some other game <laughs> in the future. And I aim to please. <laughs> and chat, thank you for being here. Thanks for being here, everybody. Until next time, worship Kinnerith because she's making sure that you still exist. So that's probably worth worshiping. All right, we'll talk yep. to you guys later. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Looking for an RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer. No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far? Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does it mean to have a voice? And there's going to be something big coming, Chumba. Hey, if you're listening, I won. I beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones. and <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam. You can't use those words. He's going to grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hulk Cthulhu. Told you I had it. We've all got the creeps going. I love it so much. Right there. Screechy child. 
<laughs> my favourite daughter. Maybe after what we just seen, we're feeling a bit trigger happy. And the new Cyberpunk Red. Babe, you're good, but better. Thought maybe you might be able to give me a counter-off. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. My leg's fine. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcatchers. Even support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world. Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now.